And you know well that I look forward to this part of the show where I get to talk to different people and find out a little bit about their lives and what they are up to. Today on The Groove Cafe, I have Herbert Cafero, Development Practitioner and Communication Officer at Siatini Uganda, joining me. He's also the author of End of the Road, a fabulous book that I have started reading. And oh, wow, Herbert, hi. Hi, Crystal. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am good. Thank you for writing End of the Road. I'm halfway through and wow. I mean, I feel like I'm transported into into his life. It's just so amazing, the detail and yeah, the simplicity which you write as well, I must say. Thank you. I'm happy that you're already reading the book and halfway into the book. Yes, yes, Hubbard. Aha, uh-huh. tell me about the work you do at Siatini, Uganda. So, uh, basically, I'm, uh, I'm a communications officer, like you introduced, communications coordinator, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you introduced me earlier, mm-hmm. I work with Siatini, Uganda. And Siatini is a sub-regional uh, non-government organization okay. that uh, works on uh, trade. It's a whole range of issues, trade tax, investment, and other development-related issues. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, we undertake research, we do uh, policy advocacy, mm-hmm. and we also provide platforms for uh, a multiplicity of stakeholders to uh, voice their concerns and also enjoy, uh, sorry, engage uh, policymakers mm-hmm. on uh, different issues. Okay, because how- we work towards uh, ensuring sustainable development mm-hmm. uh, to the end that no one is left behind mm-hmm. in terms of uh, how policies affect them. Okay, okay. Yes. How long have you been with the company? I uh, joined Siatini in uh, 2014. Oh, okay. Uh, so I uh, left mm-hmm. in... Uh, 2016 that's uh, <laughs> around August mm-hmm. then I rejoined last year in April oh wow so what were you doing in between I, I, I went on to uh, take on a new challenge mm-hmm. uh, with another organization that is called uh, a global healthcare public foundation mm-hmm. still in the position of communications officer but it was uh, basically it was another challenge I just wanted to experience another challenge Hmm. take on uh, you know a different uh, area because I was I was into tax trade investment and then I went into the health space okay I so am... it was a whole range of uh, you know hmm. different experience I am taking note of the words you're using especially challenge it seems like that's what draws your attention you like to look for a challenge I do I do uh-huh. when did this all start when back in school did someone challenge you in the playground? What happened? <laughs> I think uh, it's, 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 it's something that I've carried forward from childhood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's, it also uh, resonates with my background. Where did you grow up? Uh, so being raised by a single mother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, you know, it's, it's, it wasn't smooth. Like you can imagine, mm-hmm. someone who doesn't have a formal job, you know, mm. doing all the informal jobs to see that uh, her children go through school and uh, succeed to become independent adults. Mm. So uh, the struggle that manifested during childhood mm. 
really uh, got me awake even at a young age okay. that I needed to take life seriously and to be responsible not to just you know kind of exist as a human being mm-hmm. but rather create impact and leave a mark on this planet when was the first time you like really looked at your mom and you could see the struggle and the sacrifices she was making I think that was when uh, that was when I was in uh, uh, when I just completed uh, primary seven. Mm. So I uh, I joined secondary because I, I had uh, scored uh, I had uh, scored attained six six uh, aggregates. Mm, okay, that's good. Yes, I attained six aggregates, and uh, I thought I had worked towards four, but I didn't, you know get the four so uh having attained six aggregates i thought maybe it was good enough for me to get a scholarship somewhere mm-hmm. and maybe uh continue with uh education at the secondary level mm-hmm. that happened but it was short-lived oh. because of uh it happened but it was short-lived because of the changes in some school that I joined, in the secondary school that I joined. Mm-hmm. And uh, later, because of circumstances beyond my control, uh, I dropped out. Was that in S1? I completed, I, I completed actually S1, but in different schools, mm, okay. in two different schools. Mm-hmm. So uh, later, when I was, uh, after a year, when I, I was supposed to join form two I dropped out yes and sat for a whole year wow so that whole year changed how I view life Mm -hmm. and it changed my entire life in all aspects so that one year I embarked you know I took on different uh, different old jobs you know how one can engage get engaged in different old jobs to you know get something Mm -hmm. that they can survive on so I did all those sorts of old jobs, and uh, it was um, the beginning of another year when I was supposed to be in Form 3. Mm. So I uh, reached out to one of uh, the directors of uh, a school within the neighborhood. In fact, I had my results. Uh, the, uh, I, I had the results for Form 1, mm. and I had the results for Primary 7. Yes. And I wrote a letter pleading the director of that school to become my sponsor mm-hmm. and uh, the promise that I made is that I would achieve academic excellence because I uh, presented myself as an academically given my academic background mm-hmm. as an academically talented student, mm-hmm. student. and so uh, I think I was lucky you know there's something that mom tells me mm-hmm. that I was born lucky Mm-hmm. And this manifests in my life all the time. Okay. So he couldn't stop listening to me. And he kept asking me questions, the director of that school in, in our neighborhood. Mm. I think he liked my personality, my confidence. Mm. And he was, he was, he was mesmerized. Mm. He actually just spoke to me in a very calm way. Because I thought given that I had no appointment with him and there was really nothing that connected me to him 
but it was just the first time I was meeting him and introducing myself to him. So he just told me, Herbert, you will start school next week, but you'll have to do every other job that I'll give you. And during the holidays, you'll be staying at school in order to support as a way of paying school fees. So whatever construction that was going on at the school, I would be there to support. And so I, I got involved in quite a number of things. But one thing that, uh, just fast forward, one thing that happened in that school, I excelled and I qualified for government sponsorship. Oh, wow. So the rest is history. Things oh. turned around and yeah, I didn't disappoint him. Yeah, yeah. And, and so this, the, the, the challenge, challenging, challenging myself has always been part of my life. I always look forward to another new challenge, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't stay in a comfort because there's no comfort in a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that explains a lot. I mean, I guess you use some of your personal experience in the book as well. I do. I do. A lot of it. Mm-hmm. That's I think why it's so real. It's you can I, I guess other people have to read the book <laughs> to understand how it feels. It's really quite amazing. So, I mean, thank you. How, how how did you decide to start on this book? Is it your first book? For let's start there. It is my first book. Okay. So it all started uh, at uh, at the hostel where I used to stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, given that I was in government, I. I was attached to Livingstone Hall at Macquarie University. Mm. I was attached to Livingstone Hall, but I preferred to uh, move out of university. So uh, there's, a, there's a hostel, it's called uh, Taiba Hostel. Mm. It's just uh, next to Akamwesi in Wandega, down there, Katanga, as you head to Katanga. Mm. So that's where I used to stay. Uh, so uh, on, on, on that flat up, because I used to stay on the second floor, mm. They, they, you, it, it, it would overlook the slum. It would overlook Katanga. Uh-huh. So on a daily, I would take stock on all the events that are, you know, happening in the neighborhood. Because Katanga has, you know, it, 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 it's, it's more like a movie. I, I don't know even how to describe it. Mm-hmm. But all I can tell you is there's a lot that happens in that slum. Mm-hmm. You know, typical of any slum, there's all... You know, the social evil is taking place. Mm. You know, people are drinking, there's business, there's prostitution. You know, there's a whole range of all the bad things that you can ever imagine happening in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, there's robbery. So I'll be at the hostel just at the balcony up and I'll look down and see people fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, I would see people smoking weed. And, you know, something that got me, you know, wanting to find out more on how life happens in Katanga is I would actually see uh, some of the university students sloping down because that's where they would find cheap housing mm-hmm. in Katanga. Yes. Yeah, some of them would actually stay right there because they wouldn't afford some of the hostels in Wandega, Chikoni and all that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and there was a road that would connect to Mulago Hospital. So one time I said, you know, why don't I take a walk from, you know, hostel and to Molago Hospital just to take stock of events and see, you know, what happens in Katanga because there's a time where we did, uh, as part of our year one field work, 
university yes. year one yes we did uh, a comparison of uh, slums and affluent areas so and here i was nearly in a slum because taiba is part of katanga it's, it's within katanga you had like although a people, window seat right there exactly although people prefer to call it wandegea mm. but that's katanga mm. although you know part of katanga the upper one has good structures and hostels but the other one down it has the real slum yeah. so that also gave me really more time and more learning a learning experience into the slum so i went to the slum as part of you know the year one field work i i did all i had to do and i found out really quite uh, interesting facts mm. about the slum how life happens in the slum mm. and you know i found young mothers you know prostitutes so much happens there yeah yeah people that are you know whose life is being wasted away by alcohol and you know drug addicts and so much so the affluent area I went to kololo myenga and the rest of the areas so one day i uh, came across a short story mm-hmm. by uh, makumbi chintu she's a uh, she's makumbi nasuga the right of uh, manchester happened mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's uh, let's tell this story properly it's a it's a short story so i read it i was so moved you know the way she writes she's a a dramatic writer mm. like she writes things that entertain you mm. so when i read it i was actually inspired i said no why not write my own book i mean i i, I could start with a short story mm-hmm. then i could write a book and since childhood my friends have always you know told me that i have a good word play like when i write mm. they have always been you know they tell me so that i have a good word play and that's something that i wanted to capitalize on so i said you know it's, it's a game of words and i have the words i have the right tools why don't i add just you know the facts connect the dots and have a short story so i wrote the short story mm-hmm. and uh, i shelved it you know like uh, upon finishing university mm-hmm. The struggle that every graduate goes through is to look for a job. The rest of the things don't matter so much. So it's, you put that aside and started on the hunt. Yeah, I started on the hunt. Actually, I started with internship. Mm. After, you know, after graduation, uh, I was already doing internship somewhere. Okay. Where I was attached, that was Yatini. Mhm. So I was looking forward to be retained. Mm. So um which actually happened because I When I was doing my internship I distinguished myself as you know someone who can contribute something mm-hmm. someone who has something to offer so I was always reliable available you know attentive and willing to learn mm-hmm. so that's the kind of attitude that I had so I over time you know when I got some kind of uh <laughs> should I call it uh some kind of uh, i got into some sort of a uh, situation mm-hmm. where the struggle was you know really getting softer okay things were a bit better yeah things were a bit better mm. and because i would get some little money here and there you know i'd be facilitated to you know go to this meeting and then you're given like 100k you're given this 50k mm-hmm. and so things got a little better so i started thinking how can i also build myself you know you know brand myself beyond beyond the degree because mm-hmm. 
there's something that I always had in my mind. Don't be enslaved by your degree. Yeah. That's something that I had in my mind. It kept ringing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a slave to my degree. Yeah, That's why you'll be surprised. Mm-hmm. You'll be surprised for me to tell you that I, 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 I did women's studies. I hold a bachelor's degree in women's studies. I'm from a university, mm-hmm. but I've, I've gotten into the communication space mm-hmm. and competed with people who actually studied uh, uh, mass communication. Mm-hmm. And, and sort of we've done interviews and I've managed to outsmart some of them. <laughs> I'm no, I'm, I'm not just blowing my trumpet, but I can say that I've mastered the basics. Yes, with with confidence. Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just wanted to, you know, challenge myself, get on to the next challenge. Mm-hmm. So I, I kept building this book and doing some sort of research. You know, every year, every level you reach the kind of uh, understanding and appreciation of issues keeps advancing. So I say, you know, let me give myself time to do enough research, write a good piece. Mm-hmm. So I kept, I kept building the story. So, so you one set time, a goal uh, for yourself. I did. I did set a goal. Did you set a timeline? Yeah, yeah I said actually in two years, mm-hmm. I must be done with this. Okay. I must be done with this. But of course, you know, keeping other factors constant. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we just live life as it flows, <laughs> as, as it happens. Yes. Yeah. Life we happens. Keep, <laughs> it happens, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I worked hard. I mean, I did all the research. I, I'm, I'm lucky to have, you know, so many brilliant friends around me. I'm happy mm-hmm. to say that I have quite a number of friends whom I, I kept consulting and I kept sharing my work. And they, they kept, you know, telling me, how about this is excellent. This is a, a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Please keep doing what you do. So I kept building the story. Mm-hmm. So one time I shared uh, the story. He's a uh, uh, former colleague. Mm-hmm. He's Danish. He now works with, uh, he was uh, formerly working with uh, the Danish Broadcasting Corporation. Okay. So he's, uh, he was working with ActionAid at the time, ActionAid International from Copenhagen. So he was attached to ActionAid Uganda. I shared with him the story. We were in Imbale somewhere. Mm-hmm. So he read through, you know, the story. And he told me, how about you know what? You have documented everything that anyone who has never lived in Uganda needs to know about the slum. Mm-hmm. So when he told me that, I was kind of inspired and motivated. I said, let me keep building the story. So I kept working, I kept working. And finally, in 2019, mm-hmm. I published it. Wow. J- just that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a workaholic. That's what they tell me, but <laughs> that's the life I live. Okay. <laughs> so sometimes I, I even fail to pursue my own dreams, like personal dreams. Because you have to I'm, fulfill your commitments. Exactly, because I have to fulfill my commitments at work. Mm. So amid all that, I've been, I've been selling a few copies here and there. You know, friends have been buying. I've sold nearly 80 copies of the book. But I haven't, you know, I haven't done much like to... To really market it and publicize market it. it. I haven't done much. These are friends, you know, that reach out to me. Some are recommendations, you know. Mm-hmm. Some are professional friends that, you know, read the book and they're like, wow. Now, like I said, you great. know, you really capture the reality of a young person who's frustrated, who's almost giving up on life, who's stuck in this cycle, doing the same thing over and over again just to survive. I mean, that that is just amazing. If someone wants to get your book, since you've said most people reach out to you, how do they get in touch with you? 
by the way something that i should tell you the mm-hmm. honest truth is i would deliver copies mm-hmm. yeah i used to personally deliver copies okay. personally uh-huh. and i delivered over 50 copies to people mm-hmm. yeah so how do we get a book how do we get in touch with you just like i delivered your copy <laughs> That's the same way how I. <laughs> that's the same way how I would deliver. But uh, I'm I'm just a call away, mm-hmm. and then uh, of course uh, I have uh, I'm I'm connected mm-hmm. across all uh, social media okay, so uh, platforms. Do we find you on LinkedIn, so, on Twitter? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. I'm on uh, uh, WordPress. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm here to get on to other platforms. And they're all under your name? Under my name. Mm, Herbert Cafero. Yes. Okay. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at, at Herbert Kefo. Mm-hmm. Uh, on uh, uh, WordPress, I'm on Herbert Experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, LinkedIn, Herbert Cafero. Okay. Yes. All right. Is this going to be your first book? Can we expect more? You should expect more because I'm working towards having a sequel to that. Nice. Good, 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 good. Yes. Okay, as as we wrap up, um, you talk about a situation that is very much a reality for many people. We have so many graduates here in Uganda, so many young people who are just struggling to make ends meet, to get a small job or looking for a job. What, what's your advice? So uh, basically, uh, from my book, because uh, the way I look at my book is it's 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 meant to be an eye opener. Mm-hmm. It's really uh, it has a whole range of experience around the lives of the youth, young people, especially graduates. Mm-hmm. So um, so from my book, um, what I advise the lessons that really come out strongly from my book, mm-hmm. especially for graduates to avoid get-rich-quick schemes. And that's what people look for. <laughs> As Ugandans, we're uh, notorious. <laughs> we're looking for that deal. Truth, uh, to tell you the truth, get-rich-quick schemes are a scam. Mm-hmm. There is no overnight success. You know, success takes hard work. And most of the youth take the easy routes, mm-hmm. which really, you know, puts their lives in dilemma and in tragedy. And... Uh, Something for the, for the graduates is uh, to really go for uh, the uh, volunteering, you know, opportunities in case any prevail. Uh-huh. Because what the youth need now is exposure and experience. <laughs> yeah, because you know, exposure and experience. Because you know, employment is within their reach okay. only if they have the requisite skills. Mm-hmm. Of course, in the newspapers, they advertise every other day, every week opportunities you know keep coming and they keep calling on people but many of them fall short of their required skills and so here volunteership could offer one you know the skills and make them stand out Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and 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 you know the money can come only if you stand the test of time wow that's powerful that's so um and, and, and really, uh, the other thing could be based on my book still, because I don't want to deviate from the themes of my book, mm-hmm. but the other could be uh, about, you know, seeking advice. Because many young people don't want to seek advice when uh, they're in a tricky situation, in a tough situation. Mm-hmm. You know, they just, they just think it's all done. It's all finished. Oh. They give up but, quickly. Yeah, but they are not the first or the last, you know, to look for a job. 
There is actually advice, you know, on the internet and everywhere. You know, we have people around us. We have, you know, people who taught us, lecturers from university. We have friends who are employed. You know, so it's it's always important for young people to to seek advice when they are lost. Mm-hmm. Seek guidance mm-hmm. because uh, for Omare, unemployment may have played a role in his disaster, but he's also to blame. Because, first of all, if he had done what every lost soul does and gone to the village for a while, maybe his fate would have been different. But he insisted on staying in the city. He insisted on staying. And, you know, and what happened is he sought to solve hunger by sacrificing his youthful life at the altar of a sugar mummy mm-hmm. without thinking about the repercussions. And uh, more to that, there is also a need for uh, the youth, especially graduates, to utilize resources they possess. Use and resources around. Mm-hmm. Exactly, because some people think beyond where they are. But you know, it, it's always important to look, to look at what's available, what's around you. Not to go for what is out of your reach, out of your sight. Mm-hmm. You start like, there with example, what you have start with what you have start with what you have Mm -hmm. because many young people are having failed to uh, get jobs after very many uh, job hunting sprees they sink into depression alcoholism Mm -hmm. addictions and some commit suicide Mm -hmm. which is really regrettable because uh, for Omar's case he didn't have anyone to advise him and Personally, as the author of uh, End of the Road, mm-hmm. I had for those who didn't get the much-needed help like Omari. Mm-hmm. And oh God, may their, may, may their souls rest in peace. Yes. And in my book, I just wanted to show the plight of unemployed youth, especially graduates. Yeah. I know I don't do poverty justice by mere writing about it. But in future, who knows? But it is Maybe eye-opening. Maybe foundation. Yeah. It is eye-opening and very realistic. Herbert, thank you so, so, so much for joining me on the Groove Cafe. Um, Herbert, again, is the author of End of the Road, uh, a Ugandan writer. And I tell you, from just three pages in, you will feel yourself in Katanga, the way he describes it. Thank you again for joining me on the show. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to reading more of your work. It will come through, indeed. Okay. Well, be blessed. <laughs> And you take too. care. Thank you. Take care too. Okay. Stay bye. safe. Bye bye.